0: Greetings, one and all. Ben Spinner is back with me today. How are you doing today, Ben? It feels like a long time since we last spoke.
1: Well, funnily enough, the this is this is a very different from the first two appearances I made on the show, Stephen, because the first two were about a year and a half between them. Yes. And I'm, now I'm two in two weeks. So, well, I,
0: uh, yeah.
1: For me, this is like this is worlds apart from where we were the last, you know, the first time I came on.
0: Next time I'm gonna ask you to do five, actually. Is the uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll share this with you and I'll share it, share it with you on air. Perhaps we, perhaps um one of the three people that listens to the show might come back to me. I, I do I do quite want to finish the the whole thing, but I and I've given myself a kind of this year to do it. And if it goes into like January and February, because I want to see the end of the promotion. But mm. I was kind of thinking about doing like a um whether it's a charity thing or just a fun thing, but like setting up a day at the weekend, just being watching Mid-South on Zoom or Skype for 12 hours and just like invite inviting you, you, you guys from your podcast, come and join me for an hour. We can chat about, we chat about everything while it's in the background. Just wondered if, is that a get, get 12 episodes done, dusted in the can. Is that a terrible <laughs> idea? Do you think people would be like, cause there's a lot of guest hosts about over the time and like, I even wondered about if, because I'm sure Eric Watts would come on and like you could even auction off those and like give a little bit of money to charity and like you could even reach this, you could go quite far with it, but I'm sure I could fill 12 hours, but it's not whether I want to do it, it feels like a lot of work really. But yeah, what do you think?
1: I don't know. I remember when I, when I worked for Restful TV, I did a podcast called The Daily Squash and it was Mm. 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes Monday to Friday, every day 20 minutes. And um, I said at the time that if I ate, because I think we end up getting to about 504 episodes of it. Wow. Okay. I don't think we missed a day for that period. Um, It's not available now. I don't know what happened. I think that wherever it was hosted is is kind of gone. Um, But I said if we got to a thousand episodes, I'd do a 24 hour. Wow. Okay. of it. Yeah. Um. And I was really up for that actually, and I thought I could just, you could just, um, bring in different people. You could just yeah, rotate, yeah. rotate the people in that you get, and you could just, I, you could just go. I, you know, it, it'd be fine. So I think, I think it'd be fun. I think yeah, it would be, yeah. You know, I don't know how successful it'd be. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, it'd be fun. Uh, and at the end of it, you'd probably feel quite a sense of achievement i would suggest and oh, yeah most importantly Stephen, you would have got through a load of stuff in your quest to get to the end
0: yeah exactly so- i mean i do enjoy i mean you, you know this better than me because you, you you probably have to watch more hours i think you definitely i know you definitely do have to watch more hours of stuff than i do because i'm doing 45 minutes a week whereas you're doing three or four hours but mm. i love the recording of it i always really enjoy the recordings of it but the the work behind it is it's hard like in terms of the note taking and that Peace. stuff, it is, it is a big commitment, especially with, you know, all the other things that I'm constantly reminded by my wife, all the other hobbies that I've got and golf <laughs> and, and wrestling kind of well, film. So, yeah,
1: well, we, well, saying that. So this is the first book of notes I did for the squash. Oh, yeah. Uh, not the squash for, for my new for my podcast now, the Random Wrestling Review. So that's one book
0: handwritten as well you guys here's yeah. a
1: second book handwritten notes full mm. of full completely full of notes for for the podcast and like you know properly full pages full of writing pretty yeah. much all of the pages and i'm more than four fifths through this book as well which is the which is the most recent one so um yeah it's the, the notes are bad enough i as i said to you I, last week i take I take a lot of time over the edit
0: yeah I, I don't do I, that really
1: that's fine and yeah. I don't I don't you know it's not something that I, it's just I don't know why I do I just I'm quite I'm a bit of a perfectionist maybe I don't yeah. know um I, I just like the pace to be quite high as well and, we, mm. and to be honest with Stephen with you I don't really have a problem because we both talk very fast but when you've been on with myself an old man an old man has a, a tendency to talk quite slow sometimes so I try to speed him up quite a lot just by removing lots of gaps for when he's mm. talking and stuff I also like it to be quite clean so if I try to remove every um sometimes because oh, okay. I just want to yeah. make it let sound as as kind of as not like this as I possibly can <laughs> as I've just been talking so so I I spend I probably spend a good 5 hours or so on the edit every time as well. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah like I spend a long time on it. Um but that's just me and I and I tried to make this point to to somebody recently because they were kind of oh, you know, can I come on your podcast and stuff and I was like, well, I it's not that I don't want you to come on, but I, I'd rather, I, I, what I really want is someone to come on who's asking to, who can also offer me the opportunity to do some editing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've invited people on because I want them to talk on it and I have an understanding of they're good. So I want them to come on. But if you're asking me to come on, like offer me something to sweeten the deal. You know, yeah, if you yeah. really want to come on, because no, I understand nobody wants to do the podcast for the editing. Nobody wants no. to do it for that. They want to do this bit. That's why I support. like coming
0: on, because I literally watch a show, do my yeah, notes. Course. I've not got to host it, and it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of
1: course. And that's what everybody wants to do yeah. when it comes to a podcast. So I'm I'm a bit like, I, you know, if you're asking me to come on, don't just ask to come on and record. Come on and say, if you, could, if you let me on, I'll, I'll help you with the edit. You know, I'll yeah. do an edit every couple of... You know, if someone comes to me today and said... You know, I'll edit every other episode for you. I'm like, right, you're in straight away. I'm gonna bump <laughs> one of the other losers off. You're in. Um, and that's that's kind of the thing. So I understand it is it's a it's a commitment, it's um, you know. Even if you're not doing what I do with the edit, you still have to edit it, you still have to post it, you still have to come up with the You still do have know. to do some editing, yeah. Yeah, you still have to do a little bit of editing, you still have to do all that stuff. You know, I i use, as you know, Stephen, I use Skype and we record that and that records into video format. Yes. So then I have to convert that to audio format and then put it into the editing. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. that yeah. yeah. Of stuff. So there's there's all that, and that's not it doesn't take a long time, don't get me wrong, but the number of times after the recording. Or it just takes maybe ten minutes to download the damn episode from Skype after we've recorded it. Sometimes that's annoying because yeah. we can finish at like half ten. Sometimes and I just want to go to bed, but I've got to wait because I really want to get the download in so that I don't have to worry about it when I come to edit it in a couple of days' time. So it's a big commitment. So I understand why you you especially you know now that everything's opened up again and we're not in any kind yeah, of yeah. lockdown and all that stuff.
0: I quite like the idea of, and I don't know what I'll do next year. I quite like the idea of doing something, but maybe monthly. And like maybe, you know, if you guys are carrying, I'm sure I'll probably spring yeah, up a couple absolutely. of times on that. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to make sure I keep the hosting because I want the, I want it to survive in mm. terms of the, in terms of the shows. But yeah, I do enjoy it. And I also I quite like the Twitter as well because the Twitter's quite, quite, yeah, quite big now in terms of well not quite big but reasonable size that if I put on something you usually get some interaction and stuff and I quite like that yeah. quite like in, in terms of though if I'm tweeting about stardom I get almost nothing but if I tweet <laughs> about AEW I get I get a decent response from like a few a few uh sort of Jim Cornette supporting AEW haters and stuff which is always quite good fun um but yeah but that's I do- the thing I would miss I think not be kind of not being involved I suppose is the thing I think I would miss if I didn't yeah. do it
1: well, I don't. I, I I don't think that it'd be a bad idea if, that if you once you finish with Mid South, like you, you do episodes now which aren't Mid South, right? Yes. So yeah. It's not yeah. like you don't. Or people don't already know that that's what sometimes you do. Yeah. And um, it's not like you couldn't just keep the name, but still, then after you finish with Mid South, just do some AEW events, some Stardom events. I mean. That's a niche. Nobody's out there yeah, doing that. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean. So, and, and my
0: wife would probably not probably not like that if I became start like stardom's number one podcast. Do you know what? I have got a logo of pro wrestling moments actually. So <laughs> maybe there's a, maybe there's a change yeah. coming next year. Well, yeah.
1: Why not? You know, what? and you don't have to do it. Like, honest. That's the other thing. You don't have to do it. One thing I always used to become obsessed with, I used to, after I finished working for WrestleTV, I started trying to write these really long form reviews for shows, which is what the Random Wrestling Review podcast is based on. Mm. Because I used to write like six or seven thousand word reviews for certain wrestling shows. Um, And I just got ridiculous with it to the point at one point I was writing two a week. And mm. they're so long. It took me so long to do. I was like, what the hell am I doing this for? But I couldn't stop. And I couldn't just go, I'll just do one a month. Or I'll just do one when I feel like it. I had to keep a schedule. you got to just bear in mind, you don't need to keep a schedule. Yeah, But yeah. So when you get to the point where you finish Mid-South, you could do one. You could do three in a week, and then you could do none for three months. Yeah, maybe be... that's
0: the way to do it. See, see what the personal situation is at the time. But I do, I do like. I mean, we did a little bit of cu- basically kind of straight rip off of, of your your guys show in terms of um, old events. I did really enjoy that, but that was great fun during the pandemic when I was working mm. at home the whole time. And you got a lot more, lot more time. But yeah, I try and keep keep something up in some form, even if it is even if it's just doing the AEW pay per views once you know once a quarter. That'd be quite a good mm. fun. So yeah, um, we're back for the March 15th, 1986 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. And this is very historic because this is the last ever episode of Mid-South. The podcast is not, not going anywhere. Still going to be called Mid-South Moments, even though next week, and perhaps somebody's listening and doesn't know what the name change is going to be. So I'm not going to reveal it. Um, But this show opened with a recap of Coco Beware and Eddie Gilbert from the previous week before the opening credits rang and we had a team of Bill and Joel, Um, And as we talked about, they're not at a desk, they're on a stage above the crowd, very much in the style that the commentators on WWF Superstars and Saturday Night's main event were later. Um, What said he was a bit more sombre than usual. The Mid-South Board of Directors met about the Dick Slater situation as he'd thrown away the TV medallion. And he is going to have to replace it out of his own pocket. And he's also going to have to defend that TV title next week when the new name change announcement, as we touched on, happens. Joel pushed the Superdome show again, and their new entrants including the Guerreros and the Koloffs, Flair and Arn Anderson, Duggan and Taylor, plus more. And First up in action, we had Gustavo Mendoza and Sean O'Reilly up against Brett, Wayne, Sawyer and David Peterson. And these two were in matching powder blue trunks. Watts talked about the tournament, how the seeding was to come as well. Uh Brett Wayne Sawyer hit some great drop kicks in the early going here. And later on, David Peterson reached down on the outside and power slammed Mendoza over the top rope from the outside in, which I'd not seen before. And Peterson won with a Lou Thes Present 230. I thought this was quite a good fun while it lasts. I wouldn't mind it going a bit longer. What do you think of this?
1: So I've got loads, i got quite a lot of stuff on this. So again, got the opening show bit. So mm. Bill Watts talked a lot about next week's show. i am thinking. Next week's show sounds fantastic. Can we just get to that now?
0: <laughs> but I'm reviewing but, this week's yeah, show. Yeah, I don't yeah, want.
1: Yeah. I don't want that to be good. I want this one to be good. Yeah. Uh, so I was really. I, I again, it just. It, I guess it's just the evolution of, of wrestling television. But I just thought, you know, this is. It's a simple way of doing this. You can say look next next week we've got the name change. There's lots of other stuff coming next week. More on that later. Yes. Yeah. Because. Even at the time, there's probably people sat there watching this going, okay, lovely. What have you got for me this week, Phil? What, what, <laughs> what am I going to be watching it for the next 45 minutes? So that was that was one thing. Um, and then this stuff with Dick Slater. So this is why I was saying last week. It doesn't make a lot of sense because he's they, he's been told he can't have both titles at the same time. So he chucks the TV title in the river. But now they're saying... Well, you have to replace the TV tile and you can be both champions yeah. at the same time. What What's going on? Come on, guys, sort your, sort your lives out.
0: Wait till you f- wait. Well, you probably won't see the conclusion, but wait till you see the conclusion. It gets worse. Oh, god, yeah.
1: oh no. Um, so I was a bit disappointed <laughs> with that because I've always been quite impressed by the way Mid South have, have run their stories. I think they're yeah, quite great. good with it, but this, this didn't really work for me at all. Um, then the match, so. Didn't have any notes about the match really. I actually figured these were all jobbers to be honest, or lower mid card guys. I didn't, I don't know because I, as I said, not a lot of context for where mid south are at this point. But Peterson, I kind of looked at him and thought, I'm surprised this guy didn't make his way to WWF given his size and his look. Yeah, he's got the right sort of. I could well see Vince being interested in him just because of how big he was.
0: He died really young. I, don't know if, I've, really? I think I've looked this up on the show. Um, yeah, he died in. I mean, he could, he could have gone to. Actually, oh, you know what? I think he did go to WF, actually. Hold on. Hold. Um, he died at the age of 93. Uh, sorry. <laughs> he died at the age of 93. He died at the age of 33 in 1993. Right. Um, yep. But a high. Um oh no, sorry, AWA. I oh, know he was in the WWF. He wasn't, yeah. i sorry, um, but I'm all over the place this week. He um he he was I've looked at this previously, so he did um some runs in um New Japan as well as um the WF in '89. And he's right. also in AWA for quite a long time after this run as well. So he what he was around, um, and he did get some he did get some, yeah, he was back, back in AWA towards the end of that promotion. Um, but he was in WWF from, um, around July 88 through to, um, yeah, the end of September 88. It's not a huge, not a huge run. His last match, he lost to Barry Horowitz on <laughs> WWF on Prism. Um, wow. and then he was in, he did one shot in the NWA, um, where he won actually so yeah i just do you I mean it's impossible to know the background here but clearly there were some opportunities for
1: him so i don't mm. know if there's some problems there but yeah yeah I, looked, i've been impressed with him he just looked like a guy that vince would be interested in when yeah. i saw him on this show and um so i was a bit like oh i'm surprised i haven't at least heard of him mm. um well, i say I, I have heard of him but only through kind of um Pro, uh, from through wrestling games, so that's the way I've heard of oh, Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think I've got some, I've had, I've played some mods of uh, TW uh, 2016, and it's got like from 1987, and uh, he's on it, so that's oh, the only reason I've heard of him, yeah, so
0: yeah. What, what, sorry, yeah, expand that because it's not, not
1: a thing. Have I'm you never played to... TW? No, 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 so there's a pr- program called, I think it's called Total Extreme warfare or total team wrestling maybe i don't know it's been around for a long time now i mean i think the first version was out 2004 or something um they've just i think a couple of years ago they brought out tw 2020 but i have much preferred 2016 which is the previous version of it basically it's a wrestling booking game and you just fancy book and you do what you want and it's the, the inbuilt or the out-of-the-box game is all fictional characters and a fictional universe that's been created okay. and has evolved over all of the games. Yeah, But it's got a very rich modding community and there are some really good in-depth mods. So you can get, like I said, there's the best one I've come across for TW 2016 anyway was, in my opinion, I think it's called... I can't remember what the name of it is, but it basically starts in March 1987. Okay. And it's got all of the main promotions from the world at that point. So it's got, you know, WWF and AW, AWA and NWA and Mid-South and all the promotions we've talked about. But plus it's got New Japan, All Japan, um, wow. EMA, uh, CMML, and I think it's EMML still actually at the time, because they used to be one, didn't they used to be others? other? Yes, yeah. Um, and it's got like the the joint promotions, but three or four different promotions in the UK as well. Um, and there's also another really really interesting one, just from the perspective of where the game starts. It's not actually uh, I didn't found it that interesting to play, but just to look at it is really interesting. One from 1970. So it starts in 1970 and they've got really detailed biogs of all the promotions that existed at the time. So even just from an educational perspective, I found it really kind of um, valuable just to kind of read through it and look at it because you've got like um, all like the the American um, territories age from 1970 properly split out into, you know, about 20 different promotions, all of which are actually quite, um, because you've got like levels of popularity in each individual market within America, for example, um, and they you can see where they were big and where they weren't. So it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's an excellent series. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend even just having a look at some of this stuff. But you have to, you have to get the mods. Otherwise, you're just playing with a kind of. Um, fictional universe, the fictional universe in fairness is very in depth now. And they've got, Mm. they've done really interesting stuff with it, but the mods are for me where the value is. And um, yeah, the, the, there's some really good stuff there. So, so, what,
0: what, so sorry, excuse my arguments of this. Is this Fun. a PC gap or like a play yeah. on a Mac? What's it, what's the sort of, uh, I where would you, you get play. it? Where would you get it from?
1: So it's, it's from the company called gray dog software. Um, I feel like I'm working for them now. I've never, I've <laughs> i are you going
0: to get a percentage on this? I, 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 will, so. I will
1: definitely try this out. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can, I think you can download a demo of the game. So that, that, that oh, might like interest that, yeah. you. But of course, again, the demo will include your fictional fictional um, universe although actually I think you can even still apply the mods to the demo um but it's called grey dog software and you go on to their website and i think you can buy the game download it from there um i've had some problems with the most recent game the tw2020 for some reason my computer doesn't like it and keeps mm. keeps telling me it's a problem program like one that's the security stuff that's not great on it um i think that's just because it's not it's not like a, you can't buy it from steam for example oh i see um, yeah you can buy one of their earlier versions from steam but it's a good couple of versions ago now um and they've i've, I've the first one of their games i think was that i played was like tw 2005 i think possibly i can't remember now it might be, may, may not be the right here but um it's evolved and got better and better so you can you can do all kinds of stuff on it and negotiate your tv deals and your pay-per-view deals and you know bring in wrestlers you have got a very comprehensive universe of wrestlers on these mods as well so you know pretty much everyone and you can also within the mods the modders can make it so that wrestlers debut after the game started so you're not just you're not just kind of starting the game and then everyone's aging and fictional wrestlers come in they actually bring in real wrestlers who haven't yet debuted when the game starts Uh, okay so I've just um
0: I've just Googled while we've been talking um a, um a Mac guidebook for this. So this uh, what okay. I will do with this is I tend to stuff like this I'll play it for like twelve hours and then I probably won't ever touch it again because that's, that's, that 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 tends to be how I do this this sort that's of, exactly
1: why I'm like bursts yeah. basically I yeah. about um about a couple of years ago I I had the, the 1987 game on and I did WWF for two years. And effectively, though, I turned it into a promotion where they just had a pay-per-view every week. <laughs> I didn't bother with TV shows or special pay-per-views, just a pay-per-view every week. And I had the best roster you'll ever imagine you could have by 1989. Like I had all of the best wrestlers, apart from Flair, because he was like on a really long contract with JCP. But I had all the best wrestlers from JJCp, AWA, WCCW, <laughs> Mid-South, and obviously the WF guys. And uh, yeah, I just I was going forever. I had about fifteen title belts as well because every time I bought another promotion out, I kind of took their titles. Turn the and title, kind of, and occasionally, I occasionally I would kind of like um, unify certain belts. But okay. overall, I had loads. I had, I had a good ten or so different titles at one point.
0: I wonder if there's a podcast in that. I think there is. There's, there's yeah, definitely there YouTube.
1: There's YouTube videos already of it. So really, have, I'm going to have a look some at digging. that. Yeah, I'll do some
0: digging. I've got some time at home. I'm gonna do it. I'm not <laughs> the most technically minded. I managed to get an old version of Championship Manager working on oh. on here, which is which again I guess is the same premise of having like a simulator for Windows. And that that was great. So I'm sure this will be
1: uh, gonna sort, go sort of, sort of massively thing. off top of topic now, but um, what is your favourite version of Championship Manager?
0: Oh, it's got to be ninety-seven, ninety-eight, I think. Really? Yeah, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. 0- 0- 0102 for me. Um, yeah, that's always the second one that comes up. Yeah, Fulham uh, are quite good in that one. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> Fulham. It's all yeah, about Fulham. Yeah. No, it's just I. That game is just amazing. And the weird thing about it is now, so when it first came out, we had a, not a particularly good PC at my parents' house, and. um it was really slow. I couldn't, I couldn't it was so was slow. So yeah. slow. But I yeah. was, in, I was like infatuated with it. Yeah. Now I could play a season in an afternoon. Yeah, on that game yeah. Because it's super fast on my PC. I did, like yourself, found a way of getting it up to work. It's now free, in fact, the 0102 game. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's amazing. Um, but for me, football manager is too much. Just I completely agree. Way, I tried
0: weightless. it and it's just way the iPad game is all right, but it's not, yeah. it's not, not it's not the same. Um, same. the fun enough, the what the one I really liked, um, uh, and this is pre-I guess this would have been like maybe 96-97, was I went to um quirky, Toys R Us on the Pearly Way to get uh, not that the Pearly Way will mean anything to you, it's like a big out-of-town. There's an IKEA there, basically. You can imagine what sort of <laughs> place it's like. And I say that as if everyone, basically, Pearly Way, everyone kind of greater London knows where that is because okay. there used to be, it used to be the only IKEA in that area. So everyone knew. If I said that, you'd know where it was. But obviously, you're a bit further <laughs> afield. Um, to get the Italian championship manager, because obviously ch- Italian football was a big deal on our TV on Channel 4. They didn't have it, they had the German one. So I got right, the German okay. one. And I and I'm not this, you know, bigging up my own championship managers thing. but so there was a team called Zwickau in like the third tier <laughs> of German football. And like with all the che- I used to cheat on it, like come on, I was cheating on it all day long with the transfers, like just yeah, whatever. S- sue me for that. But I've got Zwickau all the way up to the top. And I think we lost, I had like right, it's two two foreign players, I had Ryan Giggs and one other. Um, and gotten through to like the Champions League final many, many years after and didn't win it. So, even with all my cheating, I still couldn't win the European Cup. So,
1: I thought you were we going to go on a long rant then. Like, all right, fine, I cheated, whatever. You don't have to. It was <laughs> but still you, get these pu- you it was still my glory. You get the purest. Like so,
0: like, oh, I never did that. And I'm like, well, it's just fun, isn't it? I like signing like Daniel Fonseca for 20 million or whatever it was in 90- 1999.
1: My, my favorite thing about. Um, so, I, I still played football manager up to about 2010, 2011. Um, and then it just did get too big and too, too cumbersome and took too long. I mean, it takes, it takes you the best part of a day to get to, to the season, to start the first season. (laughs) It's basically a job now. It's basically, if you want to play it it's a job. Um, but up to that point, I played it. And one of my favorite things about it is using the edit to do weird things. So like one of the things I did do was I, on like a 2009 version or something, I edited my, I put a new team in. At the bottom level, you can play on the game, which was uh, is was then, I don't know, it may still be, conference north and south, mm. and give that team no money, no real stadium over like a thousand capacity, but an absolutely world-class academy and okay. a a rule that I couldn't sign anyone ah, other how other, yeah. other than players that left me and I could bring back only basically any ah. players could come through my academy. And I called the team the academy. So I <laughs> basically was like, you can only come through the team and you can only play for the team. If you've come through the academy um, and gotten to like the championship. But the problem was, is I couldn't, I couldn't offer big enough wages to keep my best players because mm. I couldn't get us enough out of debt to increase the stadium <laughs> to any size. Cause it was still only a thousand capacity. Yeah, and yeah. I gave up. If I'd have not done that at the start of the game and just given it like ten thousand from the beginning, I'd probably still be playing it now because
0: it was great. I've got <laughs> one more question to ask you about this, and I'm sure all, of, all the listeners in uh, in, in Louisiana and Oklahoma are <laughs> enjoying this football manager chat. You just have to stick with it for another couple of minutes. Do you remember Ultimate Soccer Manager from around? Crikey, this would be like 95, 96, which was kind of like it wasn't ever a great competitor for Championship Manager, but a lot of my friends had it at the same time.
1: I don't remember that. The only other manager game I played prior to championship manager was Premier Manager uh, yeah, Three. Yeah. yeah. Which was not very good. And no. the main the best, the only real way to play Premier Manager Three was to also buy the edit and then put all the best players in your team in the conference and and go up all through the leagues. That was the only way to play it and get some <laughs> value out of it. But I never played that one, no.
0: So the good things about Ultimate Soccer Manager. So there's some some less some some interesting stuff, but not like the prime stuff was you could build the state. So you could see the building of the stadium. You like a bit like the old Sabutio says you could do different things with that, and that was great fun. But the thing that was really good in that was you could bribe the ref and you could bung players to get them over on, on transfers and stuff. And that was the thing that kept that interesting in terms of like, I, do I try and bribe the ref for this game?
1: I never played that, but my the my best man at my wedding. Yeah. Has told me about that game. I couldn't. Yeah. I forgot. I obviously <laughs> forgot the name when you suggested <laughs> it. But he's he, he waxes lyrical about it all the time. He's like, "Oh, it's the best game." It was yeah. like you go bribe the official. It was amazing. You didn't want to do it too often, yeah, because you, you get caught. caught. Yeah, and and, and I was just like, okay, well, I've never seen this game, but yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you get those games. Like I um when I was the first one of the first PC games I ever played, or in fact one of the first computer games I ever played was um, Grand Prix on. The PC, hmm. and it was like 19, it was the Formula One season from 1991. I still play that game now. Yeah. I, I still will because it's so, and actually, and I convinced myself that it's really advanced. It might not be, but it, it feels <laughs> like it really is because it's got like really realistic, apparently. I've, like, I've done some reading on it as well. It's got some really, apparently, realistic. Game engine stuff. Okay, interesting. Which, yeah. in which rivals Formula One games even now in terms of the engine itself. Obviously, the graphics are terrible, but the engine, <laughs> is, the game engine, is is really well done. Apparently,
0: we got right at the start of the pandemic. We bought an em- emulator that's got like a N64 and like Snes mm-hmm. and all that stuff. We played Mario. That one. Of the, I can't remember which Mario it was. Maybe Mario Three, the old NES version. For hours and, hours and hours and hours and hours during that first lockdown, because it was so good. Um, and that was that, I mean, it we both of us are a bit like, like I said, about playing this wrestling game for 12 hours and then never touch it again. Like I was obsessed with this golf game on the PlayStation yeah. that I haven't touched for about 18 months now. Um, but it was such a good when you had all that time, it was so good for that sort of that sort of stuff. But yeah. I remember the last time I played football manager was two, it was two snow days in two thousand and eight and I played it for two days, I think <laughs> I just completed a season. That's yeah. how difficult it was back
1: then. Yeah, yeah. And it's got worse. It's got much, yeah. much worse than that. But as I say, I will still play Challenger Manjo 102 occasionally. And as I said, it takes about three hours. To, it takes an afternoon. Get an yeah, afternoon. A you season, get a season. Season's yeah, done. And, and, and that way, if you've got a weekend, a lost weekend, you can get through five years, and it's yeah, just, exactly. It's what a good way to
0: spend a weekend. Yeah. Uh, a slightly less way to, uh, like, slightly <laughs> less good way to spend a weekend is watching as Rick Steiner versus Terry Taylor match. Uh, Buzz Sawyer was in the ring and he said that he was officially taking Rick Steiner under his wing. Uh, this is the last time he actually he will be on this television show as Rob Rick Steiner. So he would be Rick Steiner oh, okay. in, in the coming weeks. Uh, and we got a shot of a couple of ladies with I Love Mid-South Wrestling T-shirts on. Do you think these were homemade or was that official merchandise?
1: <laughs> I think that they were not official merchandise, but probably also not homemade. They were probably given to them by someone in the Mid-South. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember you used to get the old iron on um iron on t-shirts for like football numbers and stuff that you could put in your own football shirts. Perhaps it was one of these. Um, Rick Steiner hit a very impressive press slam at 130, which Taylor managed to kick out of. Taylor then hit the flying forearm in 253 for the win a pretty decent match, I thought. What did you think about Taylor and um I'm just gonna call him Rick Steiner now?
1: Yeah, so this was Rick Steiner's debut as well, wasn't it? Apparently, no, he'd been, he'd been around oh, for a while this point. I, yeah. I thought you heard them say it was his debut. Um I yeah, I mean, um, it's great to see him. It's it amazed me. It has amazed me since have been doing, We've been doing the podcast. How over, wherever he is, Rick Steiner is. He's mm. just phenomenally over. It's so popular, and he and Scott in their matches. I, I just love them. I yeah, just they're, they're great. just great. Um, this was good. This was really decent. Uh, Rick Steiner. I find it's weird that the physiques of these Steiners, I, I think, have always been massive. But they don't look massive all the time, and yeah, I can't I explain it. Yeah. So when yeah. when Scott Steiner was in WWF, when I you know when I originally got into wrestling, he was big, but I didn't think of him as like humongous, like he would be in WCW. But actually, I've gone back and watched it in more recent years, and like he was still absolutely humongous. Yeah. And Rick Steiner <laughs> here is really big, so Rick Steiner here feel, it feels like he's massively muscular. And he doesn't feel as big later on, but I'm probably it's probably just a perception thing, because I'm sure he is. Um, but yeah, I this was this was really enjoyable and it yeah, was good to strange. see him. Hmm.
0: Uh, we got some local promos next. These are the, a fixture of these kind of VHS recordings with Jim Ross pushing the upcoming event at the Lakefront Uno Arena uh, with Rock and Roll Express challenging the Midnight Express for the NWA World Tag Titles, plus Taylor against Dick Slater. Um, we got a promo from Slater where he said beating Taylor made him feel good inside, and he said that the North American Title was the most prestigious title in all of America. Uh, I thought this was just only okay from Slater and um, Taylor in a light jacket, big glasses, and a shirt and tie had a promo next and said Slater had taken advantage of being the champion previous and he's finally going to put the pieces together and be the North American champion again. I don't think this; these were great. Actually, do you have any thoughts on these local promos from Taylor and Slater here?
1: They they weren't great, and again, I look at looked at Taylor and I was like, you're not a babyface, mate. You don't look like a baby face. You're not dressed now like a babyface. You're dressed like someone with money, with cash, which you know, I not meaning to be too um stereotypical about it, but I'm presuming the majority of wrestling fans in the mid-south region in 1986 were majority working class people. Mm. They're not gonna I just can't see them taking to this guy really. Um it just doesn't feel like it works for me. Um but I did like this because we got Jim Ross, and he yeah. is streets ahead of <laughs> Joel and 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 Bill. I in, in in all in all honesty, um, and I like that this was quite similar again to stuff you see on WWF and WW Television of the time where they've got lo- they're they're promoting local shows. I also find it really because. The Min- the midnight expression, the Rock and Roll Express, are not on any of these, uh, either of these shows. Are no. they on? Are they on any
0: shows at this time? um not uh, Rock and Roll Express. I can't remember the time. I've just seen it before. I've seen it. Seen it uh, before. I've seen it since or before. They yeah. they are on round at this time because they're pushing this 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 joint promotion show. Of course they are. Yeah, but but, but no is is the answer. Mm. I think there's more talent sharing, so they'll come in. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. Um, they're not what's you know, contracted or whatever they, they yeah, mm. that's not their primary location.
1: Because that, that's what I, that, that I find really interesting. Again, going back to what we were talking about last week about the um, business model, because mm. they're clearly drawing on, okay, this is a nationally renowned Feud between the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. We've got them. We've bought, we've not bought the talent, we've bought the match.
0: Yeah. That's what we've done. I
1: just find that again really kind of fascinating the idea that this is something that someone else has promoted nationally and now we're going to cash in on it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Next up, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Rick Davidson. Uh, Rick was a large man in an all blue outfit with just his arms out. He also (laughs) had the old balding on the top and long hair on the back look. Duggan smashed him with his jumping headbutt spear move in one ten. Um, again, nothing here, just a pure squash. And just as we look, just as it looked like we were going to commercials. Uh, Buzz Sawyer came out and they started brawling. I thought this was really good. And Duggan smashed him with a punch. And and um, Sawyer took a phenomenal bump through the middle rope to the outside. Uh, when we came back from break, these two were in a match, and very quickly, within seconds, we saw Duggan pin Sawyer. Sawyer got on the microphone and insulted Duggan's girlfriend and then asked him to put on a dog collar. So to- to- topical a couple of weeks after AEW's dog collar match. Um, and <laughs> Duggan thought about it for a while and then went back in there and the two were separated by referees, seemingly in agreement for this match to happen. So while Duggan was putting the collar on, Sawyer chained the other end to the top rope and the two went at it until Duggan was whipped back running the ropes, um, which is a bit awkward. Sawyer then beat down Duggan, with what's with what what's called a logging chain after knocking down both referees, and um, Steve Dole and Perry Jackson tried to make the save, but were both levelled until eventually Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams came out and Sawyer left. Um, so a lot to unpack here, but this was this was quite an exciting angle. What did you make of this entire presentation?
1: It was exciting. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. I I don't. It's hard sometimes not to view this through modern eyes. I think I've said hmm. this before. Like it, it's really tricky because know, there's the point I made some time ago. These shows just aren't meant to be rewatched. Yeah. And no one yeah. ever expected them to be. And no one's really expecting this to be the reason. This is going to be a weird sentence, but nobody is they're not making the show to make this the reason to watch Mid South. Like they're not they're not putting the show to go, this is the quality. This is an advert effectively for 100%. them yeah. selling tickets. So this is not where you're going to get the good stuff. But Saying all that, one thing I did find odd is that they had this match before the the second non match. So they had the the pin after the advertising. Yeah, why did they
0: have him pin him? I don't understand that. It didn't make
1: any sense to me. I just thought, if it's you're not even going to show it, you're not even going to like, you're not even going to fill five to ten minutes on this show with the match. Why show the pin? Why do that? You know, just go straight to the angle where you where Buzz Sawyer is pretending he wants to have the the dog collar match yeah, and then do the angle that you do rather than having pinned before. You've got to all that stuff. That was strange, but definitely one of the more entertaining parts of the show.
0: Yeah, it's just an an odd look to have him beaten. Um, Mm. I don't know why they did that. Um, Local promos next for the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Ricky said Cornette would do anything to take them out because they were the best tag team in the world. He said they were like elephants and they didn't forget anything. Uh, we also got a promo from the sheep herders in the Union Jack vest. Again, shouty <laughs> talking about the forthcoming match of Williams and Di I hated it, headache inducing nonsense. Uh, Williams fired back with a surprisingly good effort before the super polished took over, wearing a lovely blue tracksuit top with a white trim. And uh, what do you think of these local promos?
1: So they weren't. They were. They were all right, but they were. They were standard. They weren't meant again. They're not meant to be kind of original or no. memorable or rewatchable. They're just meant to be come and watch the show. Come and watch the matches. Yeah, exactly. I I tell you what, the the, the trying to watch them through um, eyes from the time is is really hard, and it's ever it's more it's we're very lucky that in the. Um, referendum that New Zealand held about five, six years ago, they didn't change their flag. Otherwise, we'd have (laughs) no idea where the sheep breeders came from. Because as you said, again, they're wearing their Union jack tops. um, Which they almost eliminated from the flag a few years back.
0: They did. and You
1: just think, back then... Where would you
0: have even go like now if you needed something with New Zealand, you could go on Amazon and get that, but you yeah, yeah. just couldn't get this stuff, could you? So there was no way to connect the dots. They probably got these Union Jack sh- shirts of some like punk shop or something somewhere, or someone picked them up for them. Because that would have been the only that's the only connection I could think of as to how they even got these. But yeah, New Zealand flag would have been a step too far, I think.
1: Well, as I say, it wouldn't even be like if they'd have changed it, it wouldn't have even been the New Zealand no, flag. No, no,
0: or... exactly, exactly. Back from break, Bill had disappeared and in his place was Terry Taylor, who was going to be a guest commentator for the next match. Taylor talked about the split crowd reaction from two weeks earlier, which was really interesting. And Joel said in the least enthusiastic way possible that he was looking forward to Taylor's expert commentary. Um, Dick Slater, the North American champion, was in ring for his match. Against Dark Journey, it wasn't against Dark Journey. Who was he up against there? Tracy
1: Smothers. Oh,
0: Tracy Smothers. Terrible (laughs) note-taking. Journey was sporting a nice floral orange number. Um, And I thought Taylor just sounded nice on commentary, softly spoken, and definitely the sort of person you want your son or daughter to bring home. Well, he sounded like that anyway. I don't think he is like that in real life. Um, The story of the match really was Smothers taking some big moves from Slater, but managed to keep kicking out. And eventually Slater hit the fallaway slam in 7.30 and that was it for Smothers. Um, I thought this felt a bit long and slow, but also had kind of an odd charm to it. Um, And it was certainly one of the better outings that Slater's had on television. What do you think about this Slater and Smothers encounter?
1: I'm glad you said it had an odd charm about it because I felt that I I was really actually quite relieved with this because it's slower paced and it was longer. It felt like an actual happening. It felt like a, you know, a contest. Everything else feels quite choppy and boom, we're through another match and this just slowed everything down. I was surprised because I figured Dick Slater is the double champion. Why, why would he, you know, I said carry, I'm not saying he carried the quality of the match, but why would he carry someone to a match that was, six seven minutes or whatever it was in the end um who is not i don't doesn't appear to be particularly high on the totem pole of, yeah. of mid-south so that was kind of strange but as i said it was quite a relief because you know the show as most of them are very very quick pace matches don't really last very long don't tend to be any kind of a story it just tends to be well these are the guys, these guys are going to win because they're the the people we're spotlighting now so it was it did have a strange charm to it for that reason
0: yeah definitely Korchenko, uh, our favourite, versus Ricky Gibson next. Um, Eddie Gilbert um, was on the show again, and we thankfully saw a little bit less of him this week. Um, He did the introductions, and I really did not expect much from this match. Bill talked about how America has regrouped since the LA Olympics in 1984 under Ronald Reagan's leadership. Um, He then went on a tirade about the Soviets and said that no one there in any position of leadership had any moral fibre. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we'll leave that one well alone Korchenko uses his boring backbreaker drop on one in two minutes and eight seconds of life I will never get back um, anything to add on this uh, Korchenko versus Ricky Gibson
1: not really other than as you said the Bill Watts remarks are very prescient uh, when I read yeah, I, yeah. I watched this a week ago as we're recording it which was literally I think either the two days or, or day after the, the invasion so mm. I was kind of like, wow you know what is on all- Old is new again. Yes. Um, I think that's probably as far as I can take it.
0: Yeah. I, yes. Yes. I wonder what Mr. Watts thinks about current uh, the current situation. Um, more local promos next. Duggan and Sawyer in an I quit showdown in New Orleans. Sawyer said he'd never heard of such a match and he'd never quit anything in his life. Um, and he was shouting again, just stop shouting. Um, this guy can obviously cut a promo, but the shouting was just awful. It's a massive bugbear of mine, as, as you can probably tell. Um, Duggan was pretty good in response here, explaining the rules of an I Quit match and the use of the microphone. And he talks about his injuries and how he'd still never quit. And we also got an advert for the cocket Show again, set to When the Going Gets Tough, which I imagine is a song you appreciate as much as I do. What do you think of these local promos here?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it was glorious, mate. That was, that was, but cracking. not as good as the
0: boy's own version, no? <laughs>
1: uh, the less said about that, the better, I think. Um,
0: it was for charity, to be fair, though. So let's give them there. What's I, worse, the boy's own version of uh, when the going gets tough, or the Westlife like, version of Man? Up I oh, you uptown, going, uptown, uptown Girl. Uptown it was, it was yeah, Uptown yeah. Girl, yeah. Uh,
1: I hard because. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, to be honest, neither of them are great. The thing is, is that you can say, "Oh, yeah, fair enough. It was, it was for charity, so that's fair enough." But let's not pretend they're not getting anything out of it. You know, like they, they're getting a fair whack of publicity there for whatever they do next. So let's, let's not. It's not. This isn't anywhere, any kind of altruism we're talking about here. Um, yeah, cracking, uh, cracking song to include. But uh, I would say. I think probably the boys' in version is worse, but that's mainly the, the boys' in version of when Going Against Tough is worse than the Westlife version of Uptown Girl. But that's also because I'm actually a big fan of um, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, mm. which um, Billy Joel was trying to mimic their sound with Uptown Girl. Ah, and it's a okay. very, if you it actually, it, not only is it vocally, basically him trying to do Frankie Valley, which he doesn't manage because Frankie Valli's got an incredibly unique voice but also um the even the subject matter is so Frankie Valley in the four seasons because nearly all of their songs are about basically the working class lad trying to get the girl or being broke heartbroken by the girl okay, and yeah. sometimes it'll be like you know this girl that's too good for him or the family thinks they're too good for him and all that stuff so it's, it, i I really that's why I really like uptown girl because it's kind of like a an homage if you like to to that but um but yeah so cracking intro the, just the, the riff at the beginning of when the going gets tough is just it's quality.
0: It's okay. really good. I, I, I'll show you I, I'll show something you did. I, I can't imagine I would have said it on the show before, but I missed Fulham's promotion to the Premier League. The first one, the first time I ever got promoted to the Premier League in 2001, the game that sealed it away at Huddersfield, because I was going to see Westlife in concert that night <laughs> with my then girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> you
1: chose so, well. You chose yeah, well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, she didn't have a good time, to be fair. And they were pretty good, actually, to be fair, Westlife. I did like a bit of flying without wings and swear it again and all that stuff. But, yeah, I can never get that day back. Unfortunately,
1: no. You and I are very uh, clearly very different. The only time I've missed, and the only time I can remember missing any kind of a fo- any kind of football for uh music, um, not that I'm I'm a huge fan of music, but the only thing the time I can remember is when the man the man United Chelsea Champions League final.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that night, uh, I was going to a gig with Tom from the podcast, mm. um, and he is a Chelsea fan, and so we were going to watch Public Enemy in Bristol. And now, bear in mind, this was, God, nearly 20 years after Public Enemy were massive. So they're in their 50s. Mm, yes. Genuinely one of the best gigs I've ever been Oh, to. great. They okay, were yeah. just phenomenal. The energy. Like, they, it was, there, it was there, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back tour. So they did the whole album. Oh, first, I really like
0: when they do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They did the whole album in the first half. And there's, Second half, they just did the greatest hits mm. um, that, that, that weren't on the album, if you like. And they basically got to, about an hour in to finished the album. And they kind of like the, the finishing beats of the last song were kind of like kind of chiming out. And then I think it was Flavour Flav just turned around and went, If you think that's the end, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then they just went mental for 40 minutes, <laughs> just playing every other thing you could conceiv- conceivably have ever heard by Public Enemy. It was phenomenal. But we had to avoid the whole result all the way back as he'd recorded it. And we just decided to watch it live when we got home. So we got in the taxi, like we basically raced to the taxi rank, got in the taxi, told the taxi driver not to say anything about the match and turned the radio off, got home or back to his house. Uh, his parents house it would have been as well at the time. And then watched it live, and of course that went to extra time and penalties. Yeah. So we were up to like one o'clock in the morning trying to watch <laughs> that match, and of course he was heartbroken by the end because Chelsea lost it on penalties. Um, but that's that's the only time I can remember missing anything football-wise for anything music. Not just because not because I would have always chose the music, but just uh, sorry, always chose the football. But just simply that same yeah, that's the only
0: time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm I'm really worried that something on this on the subject of missing stuff. I'm really worried that. This Craven Cottage AEW show oh. feels like just ridiculous. Like I'm over, overblowing this in my mind. Yeah. Because I can remember sitting at Fulham when I was probably, I don't know, I felt when I was first watching wrestling with no hope of there ever being a wrestling show there, but imagining what would it look like with a ring in the center circle. Mm-hmm. And I'm really worried that I've got, there's a wedding that's already in the summer. I'm just so worried that it's going to be, it's going to clash for something. And I'm just really, really hope that, so I'm desperate for them to announce it. But the, the problem is there's, there's some, there's some work going on at Fulham. So the stand on the, you've been to Fulham, haven't you, I think? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 So the, the stand on the river is, um, is, it's been knocked down, it's been redone, but right, I don't know a- what's happening. Every time I turn up there, there's, all the seats are in, but the two side bits, nothing's done. So yeah. I don't know whether I, I don't know whether that's the hold-up and it's going to be delayed another summer. Because it's supposed to originally it was supposed to be twenty twenty. It's supposed to right, be okay. fest in twenty twenty. So I'm, I'm just hope 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 that that will be. Um, do you think you'll head across for that one? Do you think if they do a show there?
1: Possibly. I think if AW come over, I will be very tempted. The problem is, as we discussed before the podcast, mm. that I'm, you know, my wife is expecting and it will be imminent and it was going to severely lack my ability to do anything. Yes. Um, yeah. So that might be a problem. Um, but, you know, if it comes at a time when it's convenient, then I would definitely, definitely be interested in, in going because, you know, well, it's, it's AEW, you know. I've seen WWE, I've seen, I've even seen TNA in the UK, I've seen a bunch of independent promotions. Never, but AEW would be a first, so it yeah, would be, it'd be the yeah. kind of thing you want to tick off. But for you, it's kind of like it's weird. I, it's kind of like it would be like a dream, yeah, yeah. crossover almost, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's Fulham and you know, wrestling. And I, it's funny, I get I get funny about this. Like, there was a have you ever watched Only Connect?
0: Uh, I've heard of it. What
1: it's a BBC Two quiz game. Yeah, we show, show. yes, yeah. We what, Victoria and, Victoria Coromitra. Yes,
0: who was on Taskmaster fairly recently? Wasn't she? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's right.
1: And um, we love it in our house. We mm. absolutely. It's it's the hardest, most ridiculous, so hard hardest, quiz ridiculous, game yeah. going. But we love it. But I get so excited if ever there's a, like a question that crossover, crosses over with something else because Only Connect is my favourite television programme, as sad as that might be, it Is, And there has been w- a WWE question on it before.
0: Has there? Okay. A
1: connection. And I got it instantly, but I was like, I think most wrestling fans would get it, but someone who would casually know wrestling, no chance. Absolutely no, yeah, no chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then also I just get excited if like, uh, one of the questions, i have going so far off topic, it's ridiculous, <laughs> sorry, but th- there's a there's a sitcom from the early 80s called, it might even be the late 70s, called The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Um, and ridiculously niche in terms of, because I wasn't even alive when it came on, but I always loved it because my dad had the, the VHSs of them. And there was a question that was about that on there, and that was exciting, just to see those two things <laughs> cross over and I remember once at Rovers, the, the team came out to the game by Motorhead. So again, a, like a tiny little crossover. Yeah. And so I can only imagine the concept of a major oh. American wrestling promotion with potentially CM Punk, one of your favorite wrestlers oh, of all God, time, yeah. performing yeah. in Craven College. So I completely understand why you're blowing it way out of proportion because even just for those tiny little crossovers, yeah, I get excited so yeah i completely so i've got
0: started. i've got that wedding and i've got a golf weekend in wales and i've already looked at how to get <laughs> back from that on that saturday if i need to to get back to that show and like working out well would it work if it was like a because i would have thought it'd be saturday i doubt it'd be a sunday i thought it'd be like saturday late afternoon maybe early evening but who knows i mean maybe it wasn't, doesn't happen again but um he keeps well, talking I, about it but it, just announce it like
1: yeah i had a wedding the last time bristol rovers went to Wembley. I had a wedding the day before and it was in Cornwall mm. and uh, I had like a big quite a logistical thing to try and get from there back to to Wembley and it's one of those things where if unless you want un- unless you understand why it's important to be there it will annoy other people
0: yeah yeah you no
1: know, so my what my wife for example was a little bit annoyed to be honest she was like well, you know, it's just a football match. I so was like, no, like Rovers go to Wembley maybe once every ten years if we're lucky. Um, like this doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And you know, I, I I'm going to be there. I'm not going to miss it. Like for a wedding of her, one of her cousins, which we will have been to the day before. This is just the morning after. Yes, I'll be rushing off at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. But it's not like I won't have done all the stuff. Yeah, you've done so it. I've done it. The next so... day,
0: slightly hassle, but that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Um, I was just a bit like, uh, so, but yes, but if you don't know, you don't yeah. know why you've got to be there, but in this case, you will be like, I can't, you know, I can't miss it. You know, it would just be ridiculous. I too just much.
0: can't. Yeah. I just, uh, well, fingers crossed. I mean, I hope it's going to happen. I, I just don't understand. I know that they've just announced Double or Nothing, but if they're going to do a major show in the UK first time, like how much notice they're going to give I, I mean, I thought if it's going to happen... I mean, maybe that maybe it'll be August or September, I suppose, possibly because there's an international weekend in September. You can still do a show outdoors here in September, but um, I don't know. I just need to time. less time less, less thinking about it, really, obsessing about it.
1: It'll happen one day. I think that it may not happen this year, though. I just think that they are still, AEW are still things are happening so quickly at the moment, you know, like for example, the last couple of weeks, William Regal's debuted. Jeff Hardy's debuted. You know they're still bringing in new stars all the time, and they're pouncing on them if they if there's someone that comes available that they think will be a value to them. Yeah, just jump on them. So, and ch- things have changing at such a pace that I think that they're not settled enough for me. No, to and do that's right it. Now. I
0: don't think it's. A, I think it's in his mind, but I'm not sure if it's a, a priority. How much no. a priority it is? And this, if someone says, "Well, the stands not going to be open until." fully open until October okay well I don't really want to do it and that take that wipes it out for the year doesn't it because because I think if I think the first show will be there and then you might get a and I don't know what that forms whether because they did in the first year of their existence they did some eye pay-per-views that weren't on traditional pay-per-view maybe it's that maybe it's a full pay-per-view but I do think the next lot will be dynamite rampage pay-per-view I think will be here but I'm not sure they do that the first time. I think hmm. it would be more likely a one-off, but we'll see. We'll, well see. In,
1: with all that stuff we've talked about, I just remembered. And I wonder if this was your question last week that you forgot to ask me, was it anything to do with Ring of Honor being bought by AEW? Uh,
0: no, but I'm interested in that.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. I, that that's another thing that they've obviously just pounced on. Like, yes. um, yeah. you know, that's become something that's become available. They've probably been in negotiations for a bit, but you know, this was a chance this is and this is what i think the next thing will be is them launching their own you know kind of on-demand service or whatever it is where there'll be a subscription and whatnot and the only way they can do that is by getting a library as substantial as ring of honor because it's 20 years worth of footage and they don't have that in aw so um that will be another thing that kind of probably becomes a barrier to Craven cottage because yeah undertaking it'll take quite a lot of stuff and it Will be you know thought a, a, a revenue generator for them. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where they're just they're still putting in place lots of the infrastructure of the company. Yeah. Even now, and you know, last year they added Rampage. They've moved to TBS at the beginning of this year. There's lots of things happening that probably mean that yes, it's a, a fourth or fifth on the <sighs> list of priorities. I don't mean, don't mean to disappoint you, but it will happen. I, I think just it will to happen.
0: Do you know what it's I what I really want to see that show but I want to see CM Punk wrestle again. I mean that that's even above that for me. Sure. Um as that I just kind of feel like I want to tick that I thought that was gone. I mean I do I CM Punk's probably like my third or fourth favorite of all time. But that's still pretty high. You're in rarefied Bret Hart Steve Austin sort of air there. So mm. I just want to see him wrestle again. But hopefully it will it will somehow work out. Well
1: maybe maybe he t- maybe Tony Khan will just say so, you know what I, my dream is to have it at Craven College but it's not possible this year I will do it somewhere else
0: yeah, yeah. there's no
1: there's no reason why you can't do it you can do it else.
0: indoors at the O2 all year and that's the thing because really anywhere. for outdoors yeah anywhere really for outdoors you've got to do June, July, August or early September anything after anything either side of that you're, you're taking a risk and they're not mm. going to do it before June because I don't think they, they won't do it this side of the football season so yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah, yeah we agreed shall, we shall see we shall mm. see um, back to my least favourite Mid-South tag team. That's the Sheep Herders are up next. Um, <laughs> and they didn't cut a promo, thankfully. They were up against Steve Dole and Perry Jackson. Uh, and Luke Butch held up the flag of New Zealand and saluted it. Um, Joel said he thought they showed their true colours last week when they backed down from the challenge of Williamson DiBiossi. And Watt said they would do whatever they could to sign uh, the tag team title match for the inauguration of the newly named TV show next week. And what said the sheepherders speak of Americans as Yankee trash? Uh, the sheepherders won in 358 with a double gut buster. At the end, DBossie and Williams came out with a huge American flag as the crowd erupted. Um, Luke and Butch put put out by this as they stomped around, not sure what to do. DBossie and Williams eventually got in. The four of them brawled for what felt like six months until Williams hit football tackles on them three times. I thought what said, Let's get all these foreign slags out of here. But then I realized he said flags and he had to turn into Danny Dyer. I've actually forgotten that note. Um, So, Ben, what did you think of this match, the post match, Braun? What are your final thoughts on the last ever episode of Mid South Wrestling?
1: So, I didn't give a damn about this match. But what I did find hilarious when you said about the Bill Watts and the get all these foreign slags out of here. (laughs) is he is going nuts at the end of this match he's like oh this is what america's about i love it it's (laughs) the best thing going today oh it's just he's going mad and um (coughs) excuse me and uh yeah he's like proper like exploding with patriotic fervour. he's just going mad um and that was the main bit I got from this match was him just going absolutely mad, and that obviously was allied to his earlier comments about the Soviet Union as well. So he's very much on a on a patriotic trip at this point. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was a typical mid south episode, which is fitting really for uh, the final one ever. Yes, you know, yeah. you kind of had their usual recap centric early parts, at the usual kind of um, set of. Uh, Um, squash matches and jobber matches one thing that i've always liked and they had it on there sort of is the concept of a main event that doesn't happen it has to happen early on otherwise you don't you run the risk of it not finishing which i think i think aw do on the most recent episode of dynamite um so i got a feeling that it ends with a world title match but it that finishes before the end and they have a warm-up match well it's a-
0: earlier on in, the, oh, it's in the show but they do do a standby match yeah, uh, okay. yeah which is all a bit weird oh, sorry, standby
1: match not yeah. a warm-up match standby match and they used to do that on Mid-South they used to call it yes. a standby match a lot and I, I always appreciate that because I just think it makes perfect sense you've got an hour it really got t- does yeah you've got yeah. a TV schedule time to put this show on but you've got a main event so I, I like that they had that earlier on with the old um I guess the Terry Taylor Rick Steiner match was that kind of thing this time um and so yeah, it was it was a decent. The thing about these shows is that if you're not having to make notes, and I it's funny, it's quite a drag to make notes on a wrestling show. <laughs> it is. And and so it does does limit your enjoyment sometimes, yeah. especially if the shows aren't that um, notable. But if you didn't have to take notes, this is a perfectly digestible 45 minutes of of television. And that is what Mid South television always did and has done right up to this point. So, in that respect, this is exactly what it should be. One last note from me, Stephen. I did watch the first 10 minutes of the next episode, or the next show, because I wanted to see how this would manifest itself. Now, I won't give a game away, I won't spoil what the name (laughs) is. Well, what I will spoil is they really don't change anything but the name. No, <laughs> nothing no. changes but the name. The only thing that happens on the next episode, though, is the first ten minutes are effectively a big old press conference. Press conference about, with Crockett, yeah, yeah, with Crockett, and they announce all the team, the names in the in the tournament. And I'm like, what a shame this wasn't tele- televised because I want to watch this. The team names in this are f- tremendous.
0: So there is, a, there is a version of this online, so we yeah. are doing a review of it in a couple of weeks' time, Amazing. yeah. So I think it's four hours, which I've not started watching <laughs> as of yet, so I look forward to I think it's four hours of no commentary, though, which does help with note-taking. Because as you know, yeah. there's nothing funny or anything to say that you need to pick up yeah, on that. so that's true. Although yeah, so that's that, that kind well. of
1: sometimes gives you something else to concentrate on, though, if, if the match yeah, is Yeah, that's true. And so I suspect
0: there'll be lots of weird finishes and stuff in that, because no one will want to do a job in that tournament. So yeah, your time limit draws and all that good stuff to look forward to. Well,
1: it's, um, it's a whole four hours, I assume, of tag team wrestling as well. Yes. It might be quite difficult. I, I watched told you a few times i was quite a fan of chikara and the first thing i watched of that was the opening three shows so their weekend of shows into in the early 2005 which was the first ever what they called tag grand prix i think they called Mm. it world tag grand prix it was a i think it was a 2014 three-day tag team tournament (laughs) and the first two shows were only were basically i think nine tag team matches on each show, wow, and that okay. was it. There was nothing else on those two shows, but there was no problems with people doing jobs on that, so <laughs> it was easier to take. I think than the, yeah. than the old um, uh, this uh, Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Tag Team Tournament might be. And I love the way that they use these really ridiculously long names for these things as well.
0: It, it became the Crockett Cup at some point, and I think it right. is in what hindsight, but I'm not sure it was at this point. Um, but that that is it. That is it, Ben. Thank you so much for appearing on the show. It's been two tremendous weeks. I will tweet out to everyone where we can find you and your excellent random wrestling review. Random well, We've been <laughs> podcasting <laughs> for too long. I can't speak. Random wrestling review podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, I'll tweet the information out. Ben, we'll definitely have you on again before the um, before the end. Of maybe eleven of our twelve hours of our watch a thumb. In the, in the future Actually, you committed too early on so it was a good idea wasn't it I think
1: <laughs> I think the problem is you don't want me to do that because you, you know I will take you in directions that, that nobody wants to listen about So but that's
0: okay I was kind of thinking that I'd need to maybe watch some of the shows and get the promos to get the angle so I wasn't losing track but mm. to be honest mo- there's loads of holes in the library now anyway so it's not like it's some rigid it has to be regimented this is the story and these are the big angles because so, we're kind of past that if you're you know when we're going to miss four weeks of television in a few weeks time so it's kind of is what it is so it's
1: such a yeah. shame isn't it like it's it's funny because you get this with really old british television like for example doctor who the there's like a load of missing episodes yeah. early on from the doctor who library but when you consider that this was locally kind of syndicated television you feel like it's even more likely to have been lost because it's why would anyone keep it because it's yeah. so like i'm assuming if, if you've got like multiple television channels in each state of America, there must be so much television at that time. Whereas in here, there was only ever four, yeah, four yeah, or five yeah, channels. Yeah, exactly. So you were kind of like, well, you kept hold of everything because there wasn't that much television, but you know, so you can, it's such a shame though, that that's the case. And um, because you're so close, so close to the time. I know all. we got pretty much. I, th- I think
0: there was maybe one or two in '84 that were missing. Mm. Nothing in '85. 85, everything '85 85 a complete year, but in '86 is, I think. I think I counted that between um, Power Pro Wrestling and the main television show, there's 67 episodes covering '86 uh, and '87, I and mean, there should be what 104. Right. Actually, well, there should be more if you count Power Pro but if you just did one a week it'd be 104. So there's a lot of stuff missing there but it kind of is is what it is. But Ben, thank you so much. It's been great no fun. We shall speak again and thank you all for listening we should speak to you all again very, very soon.
1: Yeah, this is Eric Watts and for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast please do me a favour if you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports Power Pro Wrestling Universal Wrestling, go to UniversalWrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must see.